1: Start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader. 1220
2: KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone give me a call. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. In my little intro that... KDOW graces me with. One of the mentions is that I'm irreverent. I don't know how much I am irreverent as I am, let's just be honest with each other, as best as we can. It's the biggest regret that I have in my life is when I haven't been um, or I've misled. So let's just try to be as honest with each other as we can. It's not too much to ask, I don't think, but we'll see. This is a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. I'm shocked and saddened by how many people won't be able to get to retirement. Um, And that really is a shame. I'm not, you know, blowing smoke when I say that. Nearly one in three Americans aren't saving any money at all right now. Now, you know who you are. I don't have to call you out on this. Um... One in three Americans aren't saving anything at all. Hmm. What do you think that's going to make? What do you think that's going to make retirement look like? It's not going to be attractive. It's going to be filled with images of trailer parks and/or living with family members, which that may be great if you like playing Rummy cubes. I see, playing around me, with the family members in a trailer as, that's right, a car wreck. Um, but you may see it as, like, the best thing that you ever ever considered. So Let's talk a little financial numbers today of what's happening on Wall Street. We have the S&P 500 down 2. Now it's down 5. The Dow is down 38. The Dow down 38. Yesterday was playing with uh, a really nice number, close to record highs. The S&P 500 closed near record highs. It got to record highs. The NASDAQ down 12, kind of like the ugly stepsister in record closes because they had the 2000.com bubble burst on them. When companies like Cisco were traded at 60 bucks a share, companies like Intel and Microsoft, you know, They're still thirty, forty, fifty percent below those levels. So the Nasdaq's still kind of taking its time, to say the least. So let's talk about some of the top top stories of the day. I think this is the first one. Just shows you, you know, be careful with your speculation because it will lead to bad things. Mt. Gox, one of the largest Bitcoin exchanges, gone offline. Sites tracking Bitcoin exchanges reporting no trading activity there. Bitcoin price is down 14% to 465, a level not seen since mid-November. Gox has halted withdrawals for more than 2 weeks, a classic example of the speculation of digital currencies. A couple weeks ago at $1000, now at 465. A couple years ago, a couple, you know, 12 to 18 months ago, 100 bucks. So sure, you would rather take the year than take the last 3 months, but I would just be careful. One story that is exploding on the upside today, Tesla shares trading at an all-time high, up 29 bucks to 247 Ultimately, Morgan Stanley came out with a report saying, you know, we see a scenario where they could be at, oh, say, $500 a share. If they produce 370,000 vehicles by year 2020, up 22,000 a day by 2028, the company should be over 1.1 million units of production, Tesla's out-in-service could be used as backup grid storage for the utility industry. Much of the volume is connected to Tesla's planned G-Generation uh, 3 vehicle. So Tesla is expected to announce this week a new back battery factory, along with partners that will be able to take raw materials in on one side and produce batteries on the other side, lowering the cost of batteries. Cell production has potential to have Tesla become a major competitor in electrical grid storage business electrical grid storage business. Now, I don't know that much about this. I'm still learning as much as you are. I'm studying it every day. More and more, America seems to be figuring out renewables. And there will come a day where maybe not you but your children will live in communities that have renewable energies located right there in that community. Maybe the, you know, rundown, dilapidated... Dog park will be turned into an energy facility based off solar. Who knows? It's, it's tough to, you know, completely buy into this because we don't see it. But that's what Tesla is trying to do. I'll talk a little bit more about that as the show progresses because I think that's certainly sexy. Um, is it a trillion dollar industry? Don't know. I could say that the idea of Apple buying Tesla now is getting further and further away from reality. Even in a market correction, the stock has said goodbye. Now that's a bit of a disconnect. So Tesla says it's going to team up with partners to build the world's largest Li-ion battery pack facility. So they want to become an energy storage play, as well as potentially sell batteries to other people. Um, Give Elon Musk credit. He dreams big. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taco Bell, thinking outside the bun.
1: Yo quiero Taco Bell.
2: Taco Bell is looking for a piece of that $50 billion fast food breakfast market. and breakfast products will be portable and a bit unusual. Um, in large part the waffle taco, a warm waffle wrapped around sausage or bacon, scrambled eggs, cheese and syrup. An AM Crunch wrap which has scrambled eggs, hash browns, cheese and bacon and sausage and warm tortilla. Cinnabon Delights. Who needs an afternoon delight when you can have a Cinnabon delight? Popable pastries filled with Cinnabon frosting and coated with sugar. Mmm sounds like diabetes in a shell. Um So again, this is Yum Brands. This is a publicly traded company. And they're aiming at McDonald's. And then there's Chipotle, who eventually could break into this market almost as easily as they can. That's the beauty of this industry. So the other story that I need to get to, that I'm not getting to, that I should get to, is home prices. And what we're saying here is uh, the Case Shiller Index came out, and it's still 19% below the 2006 levels. So real estate hasn't come back for all Americans. And when adjusted for inflation, real estate's down in most markets. Now, the home prices in the U.S. climbed at a slower pace in the year through December, indicating the market's entering a new stage that should help sustain further progress, i.e., price momentum's not spiking, it's starting to stagnate, and that should help some more people get in. Housing's relatively cheap. The housing recovery continues, but perhaps not as vigorously as it did in the first half. Appreciation trends still look pretty good, even though they may not not be as strong as they were. They look very similar to 2005, 2006, right before the crash. But that doesn't mean we crashed this time. There's been lessons learned. There's been, you know, um, standards improved on who gets real estate and who doesn't get real estate. I think that's worthy of note. To get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. are um, going to be sending out a newsletter probably tomorrow or the day after. If you want to sign up for it, you can go to robblack.com and hit newsletter sign up. Don't forget, I have a Pleasanton event coming up on Thursday from 6.30 to 9. It's on wealth preservation. It's on retirement planning. And particularly and acutely, it's on income alternatives in retirement. I've got some unique ideas on that for this event. Chad Burton has some unique ideas on that for the event. CFP Chad Burton. You can sign up for the event today at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We've been on TV.
0: Challenging. Median family income, 57. If I could find a way to see this day, I'd run away to some fortune that I, I should
1: have found right now. i You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, first and foremost, Carl Icahn's doing something very interesting. He's targeted Silicon Valley Directors Club. And I, I kind of see the point. Now, Every company about this public trade has a board of directors, right? And the Bay Area is tech-centric, and the Bay Area is tech-heavy, and the Bay Area is tech-enthusiasts. And we've seen people like Mark Andreessen start net escape and rise to power and sell it, you know, start a venture firm, do very well, get a couple board seats. And there's an article in the Wall Street Journal where a school of business professor David Larker says, it's certainly appropriate for Mr. Icon to raise these questions. The Valley is an extremely networked place, and no doubt when you bring a venture capitalist on board with a variety of investments, some of those companies are going to intersect. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, if it plays out at all. I would imagine that this is much to do about nothing, but it does make you go, you know, here's a guy who has five companies that he's invested in money in, venture capital in, Mark Andreessen with his Andreessen Horowitz partners. They're teeny tiny little companies, companies like Jumio, tiny little payment companies, tiny, tiny little uh, financial validation verification. And then he's on the board of eBay, which has this massive PayPal. If he's not getting ideas to feed, I don't see how he can't be. I don't see how it's, I don't see how it's possible. S&P 500 is down one-third of a point. The Dow is down three. The NASDAQ down one. Welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Excellent. Let's talk a little, uh, we do Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Seminars. You can find out more about one coming up shortly at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. One of the things that you have to worry about in retirement is asset allocation. There's a phrase that I use that asset allocation is more important than timing the market. And people, you know, continually want to time the market. But, Asset allocation in retirement falls in your court.
3: Yeah, asset allocation, but it's also asset location. So the different asset classes that are out there, which types of accounts do you hold them in between your, your cash accounts, your taxable accounts, your IRA, your Roth? Um, where do you hold them? I mean, the first thing that you've got to look at is, is uh, an overall strategy that you need in retirement, which is how are you going to draw and where, what accounts are you going to draw from first? A lot of people make the mistakes of drawing from just their cash first and then holding off on their IRAs, and then they find themselves at age 70 and a half in a really high tax bracket. So um, you take the approach that, as I've talked about on your show many times, you need three years of portfolio draws in cash, right? That's typically in your taxable account. You then need at least about 20% of your portfolio in, in most retirees' cases, if they're kind of the general retired person scenario. You want about 20% of your portfolio in dividend-paying stocks, but they are stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend on an annual basis, so you have constant income regardless of what the share price is doing, and an income that increases even when the markets are down. Um, then you need about 20 to 30% of your portfolio. And uh, what you try to do is, is it's really good, and, and a lot of financial advisors, a lot of publications agree that you, you should try to get about 20 to 30% of your retired retiree income needs, Rob from a form of guaranteed lifetime income. For example, Social Security is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. A pension you can't outlive is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. Well, people can also do this on their own and create that with um, certain products out there. And I hate loaded variable annuities. Why? But there are so, Because the fees are so high. Okay. They, they have these guarantees, but the internal fees are like 3.5%. Uh, You you, you buy them, you can't get out of them for 7 to 10 years. Somebody gets a huge commission involved and they don't help you manage it. There are some no-load versions of this where you can be in a balanced portfolio and no matter what the market does, you'll get 5 to 6% income for life. It's not a principal guarantee. It's a lifetime guaranteed income. And you need that longevity guarantee in your life. So what if you do outlive that 86 number that is the average age of death now? So you want to get 20 to 30% of that. So what I typically do is have about 20% of a portfolio in a a, a no-load product because if if bonds ever go to a point where they're attractive again, I might get out of those products. I might not recommend them anymore. But right now, they're an okay bond alternative. Um, And then the rest of the portfolio is a very conservative um, ETF no-load fund portfolio that you'd want to have. And so in your taxable accounts, you would want, more of the large cap, mid cap, and tax free bonds, and then in your retirement accounts, that's where you would have more of the the, the types of dividend paying stuff that don't qualify for that 15% dividend tax. Um, so some you know things like national partnerships in oil and gas deals, um, other stocks that don't qualify for that 15% dividend tax. So you need that overall kind of pieces of your overall portfolio. You need the cash that you're going to draw from. You need the pieces of your portfolio that are going to feed it, but also pay attention to where you hold the asset classes. If it's an income producing vehicle and you don't need the income yet, hold it in either an IRA or a Roth. If it's more of a long-term hold in a growth asset, that's, that's going to be in your taxable accounts.
2: Okay. So asset allocation, critically important in retirement, different than when you're younger. Um, you got to know your tax brackets. You
3: do. And it's really important to know your marginal bracket. That's what, What's the next dollar that I receive? What's it going to be taxed at? So when you retire, things are changing. You no longer have a paycheck. So the first thing you do is you look at your overall situation and say, before I draw from anything, what are, what's my automatic tax bracket going to be? I'm going to have my Social Security income. I'm going to have dividends and interest from my stock and bond portfolio and my taxable accounts. And the first place you look to draw is actually your IRA. A lot of people hold off for as long as they can. But a married couple filing jointly can have about 70000 of income from IRAs and Social Security and pension plus an amount of income equal to their itemized deductions and still be at a 15% bracket, which, you know, right now, at this point in time when we're talking, is the same as the capital gains rate. It right. could be lower going forward, depending on what happens to our tax code. So It's you, kind of complicated in retirement. You know, it, it, it's, it's complicated on the initial setup, but once you get a detailed income plan going, then it kind of gets automated. It kind of makes sense. Yeah.
2: Good stuff to know. You can learn more about this kind of topic and more. Coming to a Wealth Preservation Retirement Seminar, uh, it's something Chad and I do together. It's great to meet people, put faces and names together, and it all starts to kind of click for people. You can learn more about upcoming seminars at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find more about Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner with New Focus Financial at chadburton.com. That's B U. R-T-O-N, or newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for the seminar on Thursday in Pleasanton. You can go to robblack.com. It's robblack.com, Thursday event in Pleasanton. Also sign up for the newsletter that I'm sending out in the next day or two at robblack.com.
1: Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW
2: and iHeart Radio Station. It's that time again. Time to talk with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, is the polar vortex hitting (laughs) you?
4: It is indeed. So it has returned uh, with a vengeance and uh, (laughs) looks to be getting colder by the day here, unfortunately.
2: There's our polar vortex sound effect. (laughs) So, question for you. I mentioned on my TV show this morning, my TV spot, that the polar vortex could have real ramifications for the United States' GDP. Some up to $50 billion are numbers that I'm being are being thrown around. Just a cold winter, $50 billion, potholes, transportation, lost business. Um, do you think those are real numbers?
4: Um, yeah, I think they're, you know. Uh, some real numbers I mean I th- think there's no denying uh, And I think we touched on this even last week You know I mm-hmm. live in Chicago I've been here for 17 years And uh, it's the coldest winter I can recall by a long shot um, And uh, most records Indicate that it's you know Is one of the coldest uh, in the last 25 years And uh, and in history Since records have been kept here So, uh, And that cuts across really to the northeast As well so when you look at The um, Comparisons or the the normal seasonal adjustments, if you will, uh, they're probably not going to adequately capture just how miserable this winter has been for a large swath of the country uh, that's heavily populated. And so, I think you can extrapolate from that that uh, that there would be a, a larger than normal impact from this from this winter. But you know, if we're talking 50 billion dollars or so, um, you know, again, what? In a 16, 17 trillion dollar economy, um, not a huge hit. And then you get the flip side of that. If there's in fact uh, this is weather related, you should have some that pent up demand that's being talked about that should act as an offset and, and eventually neutralize things uh, uh, when it's all said and done this year. But uh, but clearly, I think it is having some impact in the first quarter. As a chief market analyst for briefing. dot com,
2: do you potentially start sending out some notes like? Yeah, it'll all come back. We've lost some of the economy due to cold, but maybe watch out for things like um, opportunities and generators or maybe watch out for misses in restaurants where it can't come back because the stomach has been sated somewhere else.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean those are those are some uh, near-term trading ideas frankly. Um and the thing is is that you know our in-play group would certainly be identifying those types of opportunities where you you know when it comes to say like restaurants, yeah, it's not going to come back but you know there's a secular trend afoot here within uh, the casual restaurant space. I mean, we're a dual-income nation. Um, We do eat out more than we ever have. And uh, while the first quarter might not be so great for a lot of those restaurant names, uh, you know, I think most people recognize that, you know, they're bound to get back on track. And so there's some near-term volatility here that could create some some trading ideas, but the, the point that I've been emphasizing here and what our chief economist, Jeffrey Rosen, has been emphasizing, frankly, is that it's not just the weather. You know, there are cracks in the surface of these data points that suggest that there is some actual uh, slowdowns taking place that are not accounted for in the weather, and, and one disproof, uh, you know, last week came in the existing home sales report. Which showed the West uh, which had no association with the polar vortex and and might have wished that it did given all the precipitation it brought uh saw existing home sales decline seven point three percent in January, and so you know that's just one item that would uh lend itself to an analysis that that indicates uh there's more going on here than just uh bad weather
2: okay. So, the market 's been going back and forth back and forth, and you 're not you 're saying it 's probably not the bad weather. What is driving the market right now?
4: Well, one of the things we uh, think is driving the market at the moment here, and certainly throughout february we 've had a terrific february there 's no denying that, but uh, we think that 's been predicated in large part on on some of the same thinking that that got us through two thousand and thirteen and that being that because of the weather distortion and also because of some signs underneath these reports that suggest it might be more than weather, the market is starting to discount the possibility that the Fed uh, will defer some of its tapering activity and that the quantitative easing program may not perhaps end in 2014, as some had suggested or thought uh, at the end of 2013, and and the market continues to ride that tide of, you know, or that thought that policy will remain easier for longer than uh, previously assumed, and that has helped things along here and you can see that against the fact that first quarter consensus earnings estimates have been cut dramatically uh, in recent weeks. you know they are expected to be up a little over four percent at the end of two thousand and thirteen we 're now just uh, just under one percent growth is what um, uh, analysts are forecasting for the first quarter now, and yet the market you know, has kind of just run in place uh, since the end of 2013, despite the downward earnings revisions. So um, so we do think that the Fed is still largely playing in here as a as a security blanket for the equity market.
2: At times, Mr. O'Hare, I feel like a dinosaur, because someone asked me recently if I thought Google was overvalued, and I couldn't really answer. I was like, on one hand, yes, if it's a search company, but if it's a search company and a cable company, and uh Whatever else, phone company and whatever else, their wearable to company, uh, are they overvalued? And it, it it begs the question of like, kind of like, techs are kind of conglomerating at this point in time. Um, the big acquisition of WhatsApp by Facebook, um, going for hundreds and millions of eyeballs. Do you feel that there's some maybe chop in the tech sector on the high end?
4: Um, yeah, you know, I think okay. uh, again, it goes to to the idea that. Um, while well, there's certainly been a great deal of innovation by those companies you you just named i mean you're still seeing them uh grab market share through these you know uh acquisitions that they're making they're they're trying to buy you know more users if you will and um you know um so it's at the end of the day here i mean the the technology sector is going to continue to be sort of that uh that cutting edge space it's going to be the go to uh, area for a lot of uh, traders and investors that are looking for those next great growth companies. But uh, but it is interesting that, you know, you, you're seeing uh, not as much organic uh, growth as you, you know, did, you know, a short time ago as companies continue to try and uh, pick up market share and, and strategic value through these uh, through these acquisition efforts.
2: One of the pieces of data that came out this morning was home prices. Case-Shiller composite index, it shows a slowing. I think most of the analysis that I'm reading on this is home prices are slowing, and that's a good thing for people who want to buy with affordability in mind, getting to a home for 10, 20, 30 years. But it's also showing you that maybe we've peaked a little bit as far as momentum goes. How are you reading the numbers
4: that came out of Case-Shiller this morning? Right. Well, you know, if you've taken a lot of distressed inventory uh, uh, off the block, and so you're seeing st- – you know, home prices increase. You had those investors that came in with with all that cash and helped clear out some of that excess inventory, which helped drive up prices. And and now uh, the, the the value proposition maybe not be may not be quite as uh, compelling as it was for that in, investor class. Um, and so it makes some sense with the rise in mortgage rates here that you would see some uh, some deceleration in price growth and some cooling off in that market. And, and as you allude to. That could ultimately be a good thing for some of the first-time home buyers um, who've been priced out. Uh, but the, the, the key thing to watch here is, you know, what are you know how are banks going to be lending? You know, are they going to be uh, you know easing their lending standards so that uh, prospective buyers can take advantage and 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 move into the market? That's what's going to you know avail itself over the next few months. And the data and right now, uh, what we've seen developing is. is Certainly a slowdown, and the National Association of Realtors has has acknowledged that. Uh, it's also not just the weather; it's the fact that you have uh, affordability issues coming into play with rising mortgage rates and the higher home prices. So hopefully you get some uh, some relief there as home prices do start to uh, start to slow a little bit.
2: Speaking with Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com Briefing provides a whole slew of commentary and insights. From in play, i.e., trading ideas, to you know the economy with uh, Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen, but Patrick O'Hare does the market analysis. Anything that you're working on right now, Pat, that will add value to our insights right now?
4: Well, one of the things I'm going to start in investigating here. You mentioned the you know the Facebook uh, acquisition of WhatsApp for a whole lot of money, <laughs> um, and there's been lots of uh, rationalizations of why that you know would be a good purchase in the end, but you know one of the things that strikes me in this is that uh you know, these social media analysts are sitting there using some non financial valuation metrics like price per users and uh it it's piqued my curiosity certainly as uh re- you know recollecting the the internet bubble days where you're valuing things on price per click and you know price per eyeballs and, t- and things like that so um, so I'm not all that enamored of how this uh, valuation is is starting to be rationalized. It's a bit concerning that we're going outside the, the traditional valuation realm, and and uh, you know uh, it could be proved to be a valuable lesson, you know, in in a few years down the road here, but. Uh, but some looking into that, and we'll certainly be watching uh, Janet Yellen's testimony on Thursday, uh, given what I said earlier about how the market has certainly seemed to respond to the idea that the Fed might find a, it within reason to start uh, deferring some of its tapering activity.
2: Anything else in the last minute that is compelling that you may be keeping an eye on in case it falls apart, in case it pulls together?
4: Yeah, um, you know, I think China is, is one of those factors that's just kind of mm-hmm. there, you know, and uh, the market doesn't really quite know what to make of it. Um, there's a lot of uh, noise out there regarding the shadow banking system. Uh saw today, you know, corporate debt in China has reached, you know, 12 trillion dollars I believe and so uh, 120% of, of GDP um, so uh, you know the uh, new leaders there are going to have to be balancing you know the, the financial situation with trying to drive a, a uh, domestic led you know recovery or growth effort in China and that might not be the easiest thing to accomplish and so that's really one of those uh, bogeys that's hanging out there that could disrupt things if, uh, if they lose control of that situation.
2: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hara. I always look forward to his content at briefing.com I'm Rob Black. Thermometer, and it's the best. Real value for the money and truly a lifesaver. Now I don't have to deal with ears or
1: you're listening to Rob Black and Your
2: Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW
1: and iHeart Radio Station.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your Money. I'm getting ready to push out a newsletter in the next day or two. It's kind of like giving birth. It takes me a little bit of time. The newsletter is about wealth preservation. It's about growth ideas sometimes. It's about value ideas others. Uh, a couple years ago, I showed you a company called 3D Systems in the newsletter that went from 6 bucks a share to over $100 a share. Very volatile name. talked about 3D printing being a, a breakthrough technology. I don't know what's going to be in the new one, but you can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com under newsletter. Sign up. As well, I'm going to be in Pleasanton Thursday evening from to 9 with CFP Chad Burton with estate planning attorney Michelle Lerman and others talking about wealth, retirement, income, and estate planning. Very, very important that if you live in the state of California that you have an estate, that you have a trust. Your home is way too valuable to not have a trust. Um... I highly, highly recommend. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some stocks that I think are income alternatives. CFP Chad Burton is going to be talking about some bond alternatives. It'll be a good event. That's in Pleasanton, Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9.00. You can sign up at robblack.com. Now, you may have recently seen the dumb Starbucks ad, right? The dumb Starbucks ad was pretty inventive. It was done by an L.A. based Comedy Central comedian. And dumb Starbucks handed out free coffee for a couple days, and basically the California, you know, somebody or the other came in and shut them down based on cleanliness or something, the health department. You know, grande, vinte, all the terms that Starbucks has come up with are kind of, you know, "Mm, look at us, we're the brand. Uh, Starbucks responded with a smile. They admitted it to the humor. They wanted to protect their trademark. Their shares are down two percent since the incident. It was a parody that was fairly good-natured. It shows you how dumb Americans are for paying four to five dollars a cup of coffee, almost unconditionally like calves. led to the slaughter. Uh, it could be a great way. Hi calves. Parody does a pretty good job of attacking brands. Now, these situations can get ugly if they're not handled well. SeaWorld, for instance, their shares got smacked around hardcore after the release of a blackfish documentary criticizing the company's treatment of animals. Um, SeaWorld, you know, couldn't come up with an angle to say that it's okay to put a large orca well into a small tank, relatively speaking, versus the ocean. Abercrombie and Fitch, they struggled after an L.A. filmmaker went viral giving companies clothes that the CEO of the company said, you know, they belong on pretty people. He gave them out to, the filmmaker gave them out to homeless people. Now, these parodies tend to, you know, come and go, and they're not the end of the world. Um, I've learned this numerous times in my life. I hope you've learned this numerous times in your life, that it feels bad, but it'll pass. But it creates a buying opportunity in the case of Starbucks if you're a long-term patient investor. Is it enough of a buying opportunity? I don't know. I don't know you. Um, that's the beauty of, like, okay, let's pair that with, let's say we get a market correction in the next couple of days. I would love, love, love it. There was a Saturday Night Live character that goes, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, love love it. Because I've got a list of some stocks that I really want to get into that I don't want to pay top price for. Now, in the last five years, the market's basically, you know, given you a couple buying opportunities, but not many, all things considered. So, I like buying opportunities. You should raise your right hand and say, I like buying opportunities, too. I'm an investor. I'm not a speculator. You should have phrases that make sense to you. Um, There's a company that's up today, ZooLily, And I, I don't know enough about the company at this point in time, but I do know that when I look at Zulily, I instantly see its location. It's a retailer. I see that they're in Seattle. I see the stock's up 38 percent in a market that's not up 38 percent. Zulily is a flash sale retailer in the United States, United Kingdom, internationally. They provide you know goods and services to moms for purchasing for their children themselves and homes. Women's apparel, they seem to do very, very well at. It's located in Seattle, Washington. Now, what's interesting to note about that, ticker symbol, by the way, is ZU. They've got some hypergrowth going on. And I like hypergrowth, you like hypergrowth. Let's all raise our hands and say we like hypergrowth, right? What's interesting to note about Seattle in retail, who else is, who else is killing it? Amazon. Who else is killing it? Starbucks. There's a secular decline in mall traffic. Whether you believe that or not, it's true. I think that's going to become a pretty big problem going forward. Zulily wants moms to shop with their mouse. I want to shop with my mouse. Zulily sells women's and children's apparels. They do a lot of flash sales. They're hiring technology people. They order products from small boutique vendors. So, including Carter, if you know any women, well, I'm sorry, if you know any couples with children, Carter's a good clothing brand. Lego, Disney, Stride, right? These are all brands that Zulily does on Flash. They've got 2 million active users. The company's been in public since 2013. They've got 200, uh, well, they got plenty of cash, to say the least. Let's see if I can't pull up the story that is causing this one to pop. Now, again, they just came public. And you know, I don't like companies until they're, Six, nine, twelve months old. Um, They beat by six cents on their earnings. Revenue is up 100% year over year. Well, just 100%. Like, do you know what love you would get right now if you go home to your sugar booger and say, hey, sugar booger? And I love sugar booger because it could be either male, female, or neither. Hey, sugar booger, my $100,000 paycheck's $200,000. Now, that would be pretty sweet, huh? So, pay attention to it. It seems to be doing everything right like everything else in the Pacific Northwest is doing right with with online retail. I hate going to the mall. I hate it. So, if I got another uh, another company that's potentially offering me good deals with a mouse, I'm in. Got a big event coming up in Pleasanton, Thursday evening 6:30 to 9. It's tied towards wealth and income. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's this Thursday, last chance to sign up for it. Newsletter going out tomorrow. You can sign up for the newsletter at robblack.com as well. That's robblack.com.
1: 7600 for a free consultation. Let's not work. Listen.
0: Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network Twelve twenty. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob
1: Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's so many stories out there. Did you see the story this morning that Duck Commander is going to become the next sponsor of the Independence Bowl? This makes me feel like a tiny mouse has crawled into my mouth and died. But right before he died, he got back up and he vomited in my mouth. And then he died. And then he got back up and he pooped in my mouth. And then he died. And he stayed in there for six months. It's pretty awful, huh,
1: Joey? <laughs>
2: He said that's common on his planet. So, Duck... Com- <laughs> okay, pipe down there, Chewy. It's my microphone, not yours. You'll get your time to talk. So, Duck Commander's going to become the next sponsor of the Independence Bowl, which, again, you're saying, Duck Commander? What? Yeah, isn't that the guy, the family, the Duck Dynasty family, that had the racist comments that were kicked off television for A&E for about a day or two? Um I walked into a store, and I saw, yes, you two can buy Duck Dynasty Valentine's Hearts for your girl. Um, and now they're sponsoring a Independence Bowl. They also announced yesterday that they're sponsoring their own line of rifles. Yay! That's what I have to say for that story. But it's out there. Disney's going to launch an online movie service linked to iTunes. It's kind of interesting because the technology behind it is called Key Chest. But you can get your Thors, which is R-rated. No, I'm sorry. R-rated movies, not included. But you can get your Thors and your Pirates of the Caribbean, and you can get your 400-plus movies from Disney through iTunes now through what's called Keychast. The rest of the industry signed on to Ultraviolet, but Disney said, yeah, not for us. Um, It's a streaming technology. It's intended to be used by multiple studios, but it hasn't really caught on yet. It allows users to browse, purchase, and watch more than 400 movies in the companies, uh, including a library of classic animated titles. So I think that's kind of a win for Disney, for an Apple-centric platform. BlackBerry CEO is going to consider spinning off their messaging department. Um, A lot of people like the CEO, John Chen of BlackBerry. He's got a history of actually turning around big companies that shouldn't be turned around. A lot of hedge funds love what he's doing right now at BlackBerry. They see upside Elsewhere out there, we've got Carl Icahn targeting Silicon Valley Directors Club. And, again, it's, it's kind of our nature. It's in our culture where venture capitalists spread their bets and accept board seats at companies that can compete with one another. So Andreessen, for instance, Mark Andreessen's on the board of Hewlett Packard, Facebook, and um, eBay. And it seems weird because these are all companies that are setting standards, and he's going out on the side. Not even on the side, but he's not hiding any of this, but he's is investing in small companies. It seems a bit, I'm going to use the word, and don't get mad at me. It's going to be dramatic. It seems a bit incestuous. Dun, dun, dun. Nearly one in three Americans aren't saving any money. Listen to this. Fewer households are stashing away cash today than during the early stages of any economic recovery in the history of man. A new survey found that only 68% of Americans are spending less than they earn in saving the difference. That's down from 73% in 2010. Some 64% of households have emergency funds, down from 71%. Survey found 76% are reducing their consumer debt. So There's actually some good numbers inside there, but there's also a lot of people that are going to fall through the cracks inside there. Taco Bell is thinking outside the breakfast bun. $50 billion fast food breakfast market that has seen... Basically, all of McDonald's competitors, which owns 20% of that market, jump in.
1: Yo quiero Taco Bell.
2: I'm sorry. So the limited service breakfast industry is 50 billion, but the breakfast market overall is about 700 million that Taco Bell can go after, and they're doing it with the A and Crunch Wrap, the Cinnabon Delights, and the Waffle Taco. Now, what's interesting about all of those is they're designed that they can be in one hand. So that your other hand can be, wait for it, wait for it, on your phone, or driving. Bitcoin. I don't want to do a little ha-ha from The Simpsons, but here you go. Ha-ha. Bitcoin. Mt. Gox, once the largest Bitcoin exchange, has gone offline, sites that track Bitcoin exchange, and the trading activity there say they're down as much as 14 um, percent, just gone. Docs had to stop withdrawals last week. It looks as if it's gone dark, and a hack has been rumored. So, this is big. This is cyber crime. That again, I don't think it's going to translate into the big screen with Harrison Ford running after someone, some cybersecurity guy <phone rings> typing up some code on the screen. Da 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 da. It's not very. It's it's. But it's billions and billions and billions of dollars of terrorism or theft. Next up on the stories that we're hitting fast and furious this morning, home prices in 20 cities increased at a slower pace. This is both good news and bad news. I know you're saying, Rob, I'm going to cut off one of your hands. On the one hand, it's good news because the slowing price appreciation, that's people who want to get in, stop and evaluate, and potentially get in to a home. I think homes offer relative value, yes, at these levels, depending on which markets you live in, of course. That you know will play out well for you over the next 10, 20, 30 years, if you're paying yourself rent. So having a little bit of a slowing is a good thing. I think. Elsewhere out there, we have market numbers today. The SP 500 is up one. Uno. Ha 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 ha.
1: Sitting
2: at 1849. The Dow up 16, sitting at 16,223. The Nasdaq up 6, sitting at 4298. So, you know, the one story out of all those that's going to come back around and make me think a little bit.
1: Yo quiero Taco Bell.
2: Nope, nope, it's not that one. It's the Bitcoin one. Will will people lose faith in this digital currency? This is a... First time where people have lost lots of money. They've lost more than 744,000 bitcoins in a theft that's gone unnoticed for years. Accordingly, so the news pushed the price of Bitcoin below 500 for the first time um, after it began a huge ascent up to 1,100. So a lot of Bitcoin companies are going to distance themselves from Mt. Gox. You know, the question now remains of what happens when outspoken supporters desert Bitcoin. Me? It's too speculative. Uh, there's simpler ways for me to make... I'd rather make a little bit of money than try to make a lot of money off Bitcoin. Keep in mind, this Mario sound effect will slowly drive you insane, as it has done to me. <laughs> Stop the
0: Mario coin sound effect.
2: Although I do want to have a, a jump from a mushroom right now. You feeling that? Are you with me, against me? Are you with me, against me? Because you've got to pick a side. So I'm going to already ready to send out a newsletter in the next couple days. You can sign up for it at robblack.com under newsletter sign up. If for some reason that link doesn't work, for some people you have an older browser. But if for some reason it doesn't work, drop me an email rob at robblack.com. So a newsletter coming out probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. Coming up in about 48 hours, retirement planning and bond alternative event in Pleasanton, California. It's on the 27th from 630 to 9.00. Um, you don't want to run out of money in retirement. I don't know if you want to leave money to a kid or not, but it sounds like a nice idea to me. We'll talk about estate planning with Michelle Lerman. We'll talk about stocks that have wonderful income plays, especially in a down market. That's how you win. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
1: Because is fine. for an angel sees a hot, hot mess, make you so blind. But said don't mind Cause she's an old town Get around get Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. So I thought this segment we'd talk a little Zuckerberg, a little
1: WhatsApp.
2: So there's an app out.
1: (laughs) Yo, yo, pick up the phone.
2: There's an app out there called WhatsApp, and it was recently acquired by. Facebook for $19 billion. I was listening to CFP Chad Burton yesterday on the new Focus on Wealth show from 1 to 2, and I I disagreed with him. He's like, yeah, I read some analysis that it looks like they paid too much money. I don't think Facebook paid too much money for WhatsApp. I think it's a matter of how you do math and how much time you give it. We've never seen anything like this before, so it's impossible to value. It's like I've said, valuing Google is impossible at this point in time. Do you believe their initiatives work, most of them? It looks cheap. If you believe they're going to fail, man, have they bought some bad companies for a lot of money, like Nest for $3 billion. So there's no disputing the fact that Facebook paid a huge premium for an untested company. It takes less thought than more thought to say that it's, you know, Never going to be justifiable. You know, there's benefits of scale. WhatsApp is well known for having 450 million eyeballs. Now, again, let's just take the stereotype. They're not American housewives sitting around eating bonbons, checking their Facebook pages with pictures. Let's just call him Ian the the Sherpa. And he's up on the Himalayan mountains, and he's guiding people through, and he's... He doesn't have a cell phone plan. He doesn't have a data plan. He's got very, very minimal everything. But he takes a picture, and he wants to save it. He wants to send it to friends. He uses WhatsApp. It's a messaging service. It's free. After that, it's about a buck a year. Doesn't do a lot of ads. Does no ads, but that could change. Now, take a look at Verizon. They just paid $130 billion to buy Vodafones, 45% into the stake of their wireless joint venture. $130 billion versus $19 billion. Start there, okay? It's interesting because it's clear value on what Verizon's looking for, you know, high-spending, high-margin communication customers. Now, keep in mind, there was both buyer and seller there. Vodafone thinks they made out. Verizon investors loved it when it happened Now, let's go backwards, and we know that Facebook paid roughly $42 for each WhatsApp, 450 million users. Verizon, on the other hand, got 97 million monthly contract connections at roughly $2,984 per. Now, with that, each of those individuals' contracts, they'll collect about $669 in post-paid connections, They'll make another 168 dollars per subscriber, so those subscribers will kick out, you know, seven eight hundred dollars a year. So it starts becoming a value after about four years if you're able to maintain everything as is. But you have a cost of business. You've got lobbyists. You've got employees. You've got so it's not quite there. WhatsApp has no marketing costs. They've got no lobbyists. They've got no cell towers, they've got no stores, they've got fifty employees, they've got no global campus, they don't sponsor the local sports team, they don't sponsor the local symphony, none of that. WhatsApp believes they can get to one billion users in the next few years, and actually two billion when they introduce voice services. And again, this is the just for the cliche conversation purposes. It's not the fat housewife eating bonbons and posting pictures of her ugly kids on Facebook. It's the skinny Sherpa who is leading adventure Rob up the mountain because he can't possibly do it on himself. He's not exactly rolling around in bucks. So if WhatsApp can get to one billion users autonomously on its own, suddenly it goes down to $2.84 per year from every one of those billion subscribers to get them equal to the Verizon's valuation. That's a quarter per person. Now, albeit the Sherpa who's leading the goats and the Rob Black Adventures up the mountains probably doesn't have a quarter lying around. But it's not saying it's not going to come, and it can't be made up elsewhere. Zuckerberg said other messaging services are bringing in $2 to $3 per user with very early efforts. He thinks he can do that. So he bought WhatsApp to hook his billion-plus people into hundreds of millions of people. Now, again... Can someone copy this, replicate this? We'll keep an eye on WhatsApp. Is it going to get more users, less users? Zuckerberg's paying mostly in, in Facebook stock, which is at all-time high, which is the way you want to do it. It's keep being kept out of the hands of Google and Microsoft and Apple. Now, yes, this could be an albatross that weighs on Facebook. There's no doubt about it. It could also be a massive home run. Would you want global domination? And if you watch Game of Thrones, you'll see... The white haired dragon lady, she goes out and gets armies of slaves. You have to have armies in order to compete globally. You can't just say, Well, we're gonna take off we're content with our Facebook. That's not global domination. That's housewives eating bonbons and just posting pictures of ugly children. You cannot underestimate, and this is where I disagree with CFP John Burton yesterday. The value and the power of hundreds of millions of people, plus a billion-plus people, each handing over a few high-margin dollars, the margins in applications, like Facebook and WhatsApp, are 60%, 70%. There's so little precedent for business at this scale that no one has the concept of, of figuring it out. Do I think it works? If we at a bar and I had a couple, I'd say I'm a betting man. I think it does work over time. Now, again, it depends. And, again, how how many people do we see flee the services? How many people retain what we look like in year two, three of this deal? This is not a deal that you're going to value in the short term and say it was a winner or a loser. I wish. But that's just not a reality. As far as Facebook shares go, they're at $70.13. Uh, they kind of look to me kind of like um, Google three, four years ago. The P.E. looks high, but they seem a little bit Teflon. Nothing seems to be sticking at them. They hit a 52-week all-time high today. So I'm not saying I'm a betting man, but if I were a betting man, I'd say this what's WhatsApp deal makes a little bit of sense in a crazy world. So it is kind of crazy. It's not from Mama. You can find me online at Robblack.com. Later today I'm going to be pushing oh, later tomorrow I'm going to be pushing out a new newsletter. Um, you can sign up for the event or the newsletter at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It covers three or four ideas plus growth stock usually. Tomorrow uh Thursday night, gonna be doing an event in on retirement planning in Pleasanton with CFP Chad Burton. You can sign up for that event at Robblack.com. It's in Pleasanton Thursday evening from six thirty to nine. It's Sheraton in Pleasanton. Sign up at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW Traffic
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're starting to get into, I'd say, a little bit of political season with budget conversations. An election year plan by House Republicans to simplify the tax code would cut income tax rates but impose a new surtax on some high-income families. The plan, which is to be unveiled tomorrow, would lower the top income tax bracket from 39.6% to 25%. The plan would impose a new 10% surtax on those that earn above 450000 Interesting. Um, does it have any chance of getting through? The plan has no chance of becoming law without Democratic support. Anyhow, let's switch to the CFP, Chad Burton, the one, the only new focus financials Leader, extraordinaire, host of New Focus on Wealth, 1-2, here on KDOW. How are you, Mr. Berton?
5: Good, good. Well, at least three days of that, of that show now, right?
2: I, I'm so entangled into it, and I'm so unhappy about it. But...
5: <laughs> oh, come on. You enjoy radio a lot more than I do.
2: I don't. I don't. I, I've, I, my little world I'm fine with. I don't need more. So I need more vitamin K. But that's more vitamin d uh b12 absolutely a
5: little, little more sun
2: that's d so um i've been chugging eggs trying to boost my uh vitamin b12 so
3: chugging eggs really
2: yeah so people it can counts. come see the re- results t- thursday night in pleasanton uh thursday night in pleasanton big event what are you gonna be talking about mr burton
5: Well, you know, everything retirement planning. So um, if you want to get an idea of the stuff that I talk about and also a free code to get in, if you haven't been before, you can just go to the New Focus Financial Group Facebook page, and there's a a link on there, the Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. And so you can get an idea of the things that I talk about on those points, and it's really if you haven't gone through those list of points and you can answer them on your own plan, you're not ready to retire. You either don't know if you have enough or not. You don't know what your account you're going to draw from. You don't know the tax issues, the healthcare issues. So we talk all about that. But you know, the bond alternative piece is is that idea of being able to draw four to five percent of your portfolio at 65, and you'll have enough money to live say day you die. Is basically, it's been attacked and it's doomed to fail because of current uh, monetary policy. What that means is the Fed is keeping interest rates very low. We're gonna, we've, they've been very low for a while, so that's affecting senior citizens and their bond income and their CD income, money market income. And I don't expect rates to be super high anytime soon. So it's, it's if you don't do something in terms of a bond alternative with that portion of your portfolio, um, you're gonna have a tough time you know, meeting your income needs unless you're ultra wealthy.
2: So people can go to newfocusfinancial.com and download a Pillars of Wealth. Pillars of retirement plan. What pillars of what?
5: Uh, Retirement income planning.
2: Okay. What are one of the like? What do we need to know about it? Like for instance, I've got a million dollars in cash. I'm hitting sixty five. What would be good advice for me to start thinking about?
5: Well, one of it, for example, is is when to take Social Security.
2: Um, So in
5: your scenario, at a million dollars at sixty five, you know, you might be able to take forty thousand dollars a year from that. What are you earning now? It sounds like a lot of money, a million dollars. That's a lot of money. But maybe you're making $150,000 a year living in the Bay Area.
2: Oh, come on. I make more than that. Come on. I make more than that. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about Mr. Black. There you go. But go ahead.
5: (laughs) So, um, you know, like knowing when you have to take social security um, or when you should, and if you have to delay it until age 70, what do you do to do? which accounts do you draw from at age you know in order to put off your social security how do you plan for a surviving spouse because when when one person passes away income or expenses are not cut in half yet your income can be cut drastically because so one social security check goes away a pension might go away um there's costs for somebody to pass away in terms of the funeral and things like that um so there's a lot of different things, and also a lot of people make the mistakes on drawing from your cash accounts first, then your stock accounts, and then your IRAs, which can be very low taxes in the in the very short term, but very high taxes and a horrible estate to leave to your heirs in the long term.
2: Okay. Now, with the whole event Thursday night, 630 to 9 in Pleasant, people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. They can also figure out how to get a code to get in for free. Typically, it's $5, and that's just to kind of keep, you know, a little charitable donation going as well as to keep it on the up-and-up that people actually show up when they sign up kind of thing um, so that we can plan as well as we can. What else do we need to know about going to newfocusfinancial.com? What do we get there when we look for seminar information? Well, you
5: know, there's, the $10 is going to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about. In terms of the bond alternative piece, People buy bonds either for a cushion on the downside of the stock market and current income or future income. So there's other retirement products out there um, without having to buy these long-term commission-based annuities that you know tie your money up for 10 years and you can't get anything out of it for a long period of time, where you can get bond-like returns and and based you know in comparison to the current bond-like environment, with income for life that's higher than the current bonds. You know, when rates are high and steady, I like bond ladders. Uh-huh. Right now, I like a mix of bond alternatives, short-term bonds, and unconstrained bond funds. So we'll talk about that as well at the seminar.
2: Can I be honest with you? Yes. Those aren't very sexy topics.
5: Oh, well, we'll dress really nice.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's, people well, don't want I, to talk I, about
5: I will. I think you typically wear jeans and, like, Birkenstocks with a suit I, jacket. So I'm going to look sexy. I don't know about you.
2: I'm not saying to look sexy. I'm just saying people don't want to talk about bond alternatives or they don't want to think about it. But I guess if you're in retirement, you do want to think about it, or if you're heading that direction, you're more thinking about it. It's a tough uh,
5: piece. I mean, our, you know, our parents could get, you know, take half their portfolio and put it in stocks, half or another quarter and put it in CDs, another quarter and put it in the bond ladder, and they're done. We
2: can't can, do I say some, can I say something about my, financi- my parents, financially speaking? Sure. They would basically be, in this day and age, financially retarded. What they did was so bad in their financial planning. The only thing my dad did great was he was in the Army, and he got a great pension. But the whole idea of copying mom and dad is ignorant. Yeah, yeah.
5: It's it, it's tough, and, and I think we're going through another wave of that. You know, um, our ex, uh, Timothy Geithner, came out with a, a book, and one of the quotes that I was looking at today is that they did something to save the financial – you know, our financial uh, system in the United States, but they lost a country doing it, something similar to that. I don't quote, that's not the exact quote. But the idea here is that, okay, they did a good job in terms of saving the financial crisis that they all helped create. Yeah. But at the same time, we have all these millennials that just don't trust the stock market. And, And you know, that's one of the things you and I talk about all the time. We've got to figure out how to change that.
2: Yeah, get their participation up, but also get, you know, Changing the rules. And when I say financially retarded earlier, to retard the growth of, a lot of us could have had a lot more if we had done things differently. So we all are in a little bit that way. You can find out more information about chat at New Focus Financial. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. What did you think of, and it's Thursday night in Pleasanton, what did you think of the Muhammad El-Arian and uh, Bill Gross takedown today?
5: Uh, the takedown?
2: Oh, you haven't heard of it?
5: Uh, no, I haven't. I didn't see that today yet.
2: <laughs> so basically, Bill Gross and L. Arian got into a, a verbal tit-tat with each other. But Bill Gross said, I've been great at what I do for 41 years, and L. Arian said, Yeah, I've been bailing you out. I've been bailing your SH. Bad uh, well, yeah, words.
5: I mean, he recently resigned from PIMCO, so that's the issue, though. So I guess there's been a lot of uh,
2: um,
5: <laughs> contention <laughs> between the two of them. I mean, I've been telling people, Rob, that avoid these large, well-known retail bond funds. In the first place, you do it with stock funds, too. But on bond funds, when they own almost the entire market in something and you have to change your strategy, good luck. Who are you going to sell to when, when you're selling such a large piece?
2: El so, Arian is kind of horse-toothy. So for him to be taking down Bill Gross, I thought was fantastic.
5: Wow. That's uh, something that's happened on his exit package that he was not happy about.
2: What did you think about my epic takedown of your, you didn't like the WhatsApp purchase. I kind of do like the math of the WhatsApp purchase. I I did that in the last segment. Have you heard it yet? Uh,
5: No, I didn't. I didn't hear you. (laughs) You don't listen to my show? No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was uh, actually running a business today. <laughs> but, I did an epic takedown. You know, I get the user growth and I get the emerging market bend of it. It's just that if you take 16 billion dollars, Rob,
3: yeah,
5: and it doesn't even do what Snapchat does, the way I understand it. You know more about it than I do, but if I had 16 billion um, dollars and, and the type of amazing engineers that that Facebook has, it's just I I don't understand why they just didn't replicate it on their own.
2: Well if they get from 450 million users to one billion users on their own, all they'd have to make is about a $1 dollar to a buck 50 per user to justify the cost. Mm-hmm. Verizon just paid a huge premium for um, Vodafones, wireless subscribers who pay 160, 180, 200 dollars a month. I think the growth is on the one dollar to two dollar level and not on the 160 level. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in three to five years.
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely, and you can't really own Facebook on a short on a short term trade basis.
2: You are correct. So that's CFP Chad Burton. He has a show on here today from one to two on New Focus on Wealth on KDOW, but he will be with me in Pleasanton and Michelle Lerman and others Thursday evening from six thirty to nine. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. dot com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. dot com. He's got good downloads on what the event is at newfocusfinancial.com. dot com.
1: continue to trade little change swinging between games. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW and iHeart Radio Station.
2: Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. A little known secret is that Trader Joe's gets a lot of their food from big food manufacturing companies like ConAgra. Today they're getting kind of disclosed that they're being sued over their peanut butter pretzels. I like... Trader Joe's, I'm not in love with it. I don't think you can buy all your groceries there. I think you can buy some of them. But I'm also not ignorant enough to think that that's the end-all, be-all. That You know, Conagra, the big manufacturers of food, and when you say manufacturers of food, it's a weird thing. You manufacture it, right? You cobble it together. Anyway, Trader Joe's in the news today. And I'm sure someone's upset at me that I'm not in love with Trader Joe's unconditionally. I have conditions. I've got conditions with you, too. If you don't call on occasion, I'm going to leave you. If you don't support me by writing letters of support to my management, I will leave you at kdow.biz. That's where you can get information. Um, I want to know that you're out there. So i got a newsletter coming out in the next 24 hours. Uh, it's free. It's just an email blast kind of thing that... I typically highlight things like Tesla, growth stocks, growth ideas, valuations, countries, market conditions. It's pretty digestible. And then Thursday night, going to be doing one of my last events, hopefully. Um, As I'm just again, when you have to work from 4:30 in the morning until 10:30 at night, it's rough. Um, So I don't know how many of these I have left in me. You can sign up for the Pleasanton event at the Sheraton Hotel. It's going to be 630 to 9. And uh, it's a good event. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. So the stock market had a good day yesterday, but a bad finish. Now, I don't care about the day-to-days. I don't. It's like waking up next to someone without makeup. You're like, "Mm
3: hmm,
2: I've seen you look better. Or you can go, you look naturally beautiful. Like, it's not the day-to-day. It's, you know... Do you fall in love with that person? Do you go on romantic adventures and you see how beautiful your wife looks when you take her to Egypt and they start burning down the square and then she's beautifully lit in the fire, and then she's running and you're like, "Wow, she's got pretty good Turkishkish for her age." and um, same thing with the market. It's not about the day to day. It's about the lifetime of experiences. and you know, does the market provide you enough to feed your spouse and your children? It does. Um, It's a very good market. So Sarah Jessica Parker, she's got a new venture called Sarah Jessica Parker Shoes, and you would make me very happy. You would make me very happy if you boycotted this. No one needs expensive footwear, period. I'm not saying you have to wear Birkenstocks, which I don't own a pair of Birkenstocks, but I don't think you have to. Tesla's up huge today, up 18%. An analyst is basically up in a share price target on it. Um, They're going to announce some sort of new battery factory along with partners uh, probably today, tomorrow. It's going to lower the cost of batteries. Cell production has the potential to have Tesla become a major competitor in the electrical grid storage business, which would be fantastic. Tesla wants to disrupt a trillion-dollar car industry with a technology on electricity and batteries right next to a trillion-dollar utility industry. I would imagine that Our children one day will live in communities that have solar generators on premises, whether it be on your house or 10 houses share one or 200 houses share one. I think it helps offset the cost of energy. I think it helps offset, you know, polluting our environment. Backup grid storage. So it's wild to see where some of this is going. By 2017... Um, Generation 3 cars by Tesla should be costing around $35,000 and go 200-plus miles on a one charge. Um, One analyst said, you know, this could go up to 500 if, you know, any of this vision is realized. So Ukraine's stumbling right now. I'm not putting a lot into that. The yen strengthens. Uh, The yen strength is returning. The dollar yen lower. Financial sectors weigh on the broader markets today. We're not having the best of days. We're not having the worst of days, and that's as easily as I can put it. Let's not freak out. Let's note that we were within market highs yesterday. We were within beating distance of them. So the SP 500 is up one. The Dow's up 11. The Nasdaq up seven. It's one of those short months, which I hate short months. We got no reason for short months. Ain't no reason for 11. They got those short little eyes. They got the short little beef fingers with the razors at the end. I don't like short months. I'm declaring the war on polar vortexes in in short months. 28 days? Are you kidding me, February? You could do better than that. So, oil sits down 1.2% at $101 a barrel. Meh. Okay, 10-year treasury sits at 2.7%. Not enough story for me to get any creamy nougat out of. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Home price growth is slowing. If you take a look at it, since basically... April of 2013, um, lower, 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 and then in October, November we started decelerating on a year over on a month over month basis. So that's worthy of noting. Um, it's a good thing for people who want to get into the market. Most, I'm not going to say most people, but it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So don't cry. Please don't cry. Is there nothing worse than a grown man crying? Anyway, big event coming up Thursday evening. (laughs) There I am. That's me when I don't get my way. You can sign up for the event Thursday evening in Pleasanton at robblack.com. You can also sign up for the newsletter that's going out. It's free in the next 24 hours at robblack.com. It's a market newsletter. It's good. It's good. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.